Welcome to a brand new week for the Curious Podcast. I'm Grace Chung. Hi, and I'm Lina So Eng. And we uncover the secrets of outstanding women in tech and science in Asia. You know, last week's one was really interesting. We had that French roboticist working in Japan. And I've learned so much about what they're looking for in human movements. This week is just as interesting. And uh, she also looks at uh, what humans look at in printing, right, Grace? Yes. So we welcome Jamie Neo. Director of Engineering at HP. She's part of the Singapore 100 Women in Tech 2020. So congratulations on your induction. She is one of the first women engineers hired by HP in the printing factory here today, you know. Can you tell us um, about your current role? Uh, You were involved in uh, fourth industrial revolution kind of activities at HP. Can you elaborate? Yes. Good morning, Grace and Lina. It is an honor and privilege to be on this podcast. Let me share a little bit more about myself. I'm the Director of Engineering, and I'm responsible for the manufacturing and quality assurance of printheads and ink cartridges that is used in our HP inkjet printers. HP has a global presence uh, for manufacturing of these products. I led the Smart Manufacturing Initiative for this um, manufacturing embracing the use of Industry 4.0 technologies like uh, IoT, robotics, data analytics, 3D printing in to really advance our manufacturing capabilities. In my years in HP, actually 30 years in manufacturing, I have had a chance to rotate to many roles. At one stage of my career, I was good technically, but I wanted to improve my business knowledge and business acumen. So I took a job rotation to a business analytics role. It was something new, a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning, but it really broadened my horizons and deepened my skill set. There was a time I learned about big data. We were using big data to do sentiment analysis to understand what drives our business. And when I rotated back to manufacturing, I was thinking, we generate lots of data in manufacturing. So why don't we use data analytics in manufacturing. That started my journey into advanced manufacturing. And as we were doing data analytics, we needed more data. And we realized, though we collect a lot of data, we still need to collect more data. And we needed IoT or Internet of Things, devices that help us to collect uh, more data that helps us in our our algorithms. And because this is a relatively new technology, uh, using Raspberry Pi, we actually set up a place uh, mm. to teach people. And uh, that actually transitioned into SMARC. SMARC stands for Smart Manufacturing Application and Research Center. I led the setup of the center. And this is a really a safe environment, conducive environment for our engineers to try, prototype the solutions to use in our manufacturing lines. That was how this got started. So this was a global uh, center and you led a global team? Yes. I led a, it's a global center. It's the very first for HP Singapore and it's also the very first for HP in the world. That's yeah, fine. you can see we're both so excited by it. We want to both ask you the questions at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for the um, somebody who's listening to the podcast, maybe on a train or driving um, or just, or just um, you know, a layman, can you talk a little bit about the smart center? You know, like what are the applications and so on? That's not so technical maybe that we can understand. In the smart center, we were 
we were embracing technologies like uh, robotics, mm. uh, collaborative lo- robots uh, that help us to take over the, some of the manual and routine tasks on the operation line. We have uh, autonomous intelligent vehicles. These are like self-driving cars. It really helps our operators move heavy loads uh, from one place to another place in the factory. These are on the robotic side. We also have uh, IoT. IoT are devices that help us to collect real-time data. So an example is actually uh, an IoT to monitor the level of the chemicals every now and then. It will do the auto-triggering straight away. So these are some of the examples of uh, what we do in the Smart Center. We also have the 3D printing area where our engineers get a chance to have freedom of design to design parts, spare parts Mm. for our lines or even look into prototyping um, spares as well as actual products that replaces what we use on the line. Let me just share an example. We have a lot of uh, stainless steel pellets. Pellets are holders of our products as they get get processed on the different lines. We were able to replace that uh, stainless steel pellet with a 3D printed pellet. The stainless steel pellets usually comprises of different parts that are assembled together. Mm. We have to machine them. And this is a subtractive process. By using 3D, which is an additive process, we can actually do it in one part. So one part replacing several parts. And in shorter time too, right? In a shorter time. So that we can keep lesser spares. It's just really like just in time. When you need it, you you print it. That must mean a lot for your savings because uh, how much of the process is now robotic or uh, automated versus human? In the Smart Manufacturing Initiative, we look at various fronts. So we look at um, robotics, we look at uh, 3D, we look at uh, using data, data analytics, and we are bringing about uh, a 70% improvement in productivity and quality and driving a 20% reduction in cost. This effort of driving smart manufacturing was recognized, was recently recognized by the World Economic Forum in March 2021 as one of the advanced manufacturing lighthouse has really adopted industry 4.0 technologies at scale to drive business results. We are really proud of uh, this achievement. Yeah. So 3D printing is beneficial to <clears throat> all industries. When you're 30 years with HP, you printing has evolved, right? Not only consumer inkjet printing and laser printing, but now big format printing. Can you elaborate on, you know, some what are printers used for today? HP has been the print business for many years since our first introduction of our first printer in 1984. We have progressed from printing for the home. We have office printers. We have graphics or large format printing. And uh, in the large format printing, we use it for printing packaging. We use it for printing posters. And if you are at the bus stops, when you see those posters, those backlit posters, those are actually printed from HP printers as well. And we have evolved as well. Our printers, we have, one of our printers is as big as a room. Uh-huh. And it can print at 1,000 feet per minute, as, high, as fast as 1,000 feet per minute. 
And this is really important because it will help us to manage our workflow at the same time, print what is required and do not print excess. COVID has brought around many changes. There is a need for greater home delivery. Our printers are also contributing from that front, printing on the packaging materials that supports all the home delivery. At the same time, we have also evolved our 2D printing to 3D printing. Mm. And this 3D printing is leveraging on the expertise that HP has built over the years on uh, 2D. Okay, so that's useful to know. Um, you currently you have a new role leading developments intelligent factory. So can you define for us what intelligent factory is and what do you aim to achieve in this new role? Jamie, was that the smart uh, factory they talk about? Yes, it's uh, related. So I will share a little bit uh, how this is related. In uh, the smart factory, digital transformation is the foundation of the advanced factory or the smart factory. As we do more of the automation, the IoT, the replacing microscopic, manual microscopic uh, inspection with uh, machine learning enabled computer vision, as we do 3D printing, we are generating a lot more data. Now, how do we really harness value from this data? So intelligent manufacturing is about harnessing this data, mm. using the historical data, processing with the real-time data from machine sensors. And we apply AI, machine learning, to predict events and take preventive actions to minimize any operation issues. Maybe I can give you an analogy, uh, a credit yes. card credit card fraud, fraud detection. Oh, okay. Millions of uh, credit card transactions are happening. The credit card companies are using machine learning to monitor the transactions. You receive a call when they detect something abnormal in your spending pattern. This similarly can be applied to manufacturing. When there is an abnormal pattern, the system will trigger and alert our engineers so that we can investigate what is the cause of the failures and, and, and correct it before it happens. The anomalies can come from raw materials, it can come from the health of our equipment, it can come from our process or product testing. It is not always easy to control all the incoming material. They may meet specs, but they may be slightly deviated. And for intelligent factory, now you can actually know when you have something that's deviated, how do you auto-correct other processes so that you can get the perfect product? A machine has wear and tear. It can change its performance, but you know enough from historical data and your existing data to auto-correct. This is what Intelligent Factory is all about. You're listening to the Curious Podcast Asia featuring top women in STEM. Tune in every Monday to a new episode featuring outstanding women in technology and science. Subscribe to the Curious Podcast on Apple, Spotify or Google. How, how do you view sustainability? I'll, maybe I'd like to address the part on uh, advanced manufacturing and how does it lead to greater sustainability. It, no. do, it does have a uh, connection as well. I, I talk about intelligent factory, about uh, how these analytics and machine learning models are giving us real-time detection, diagnostic, prediction of quality uh, before the failures happen. Why this is important? The three R's of sustainability. Reduce, reuse and recycle. While it is good to reuse and recycle, the better thing is you reduce. 
Okay. These predictive models actually help us to prevent, to alert the engineers when there's a deviation before the failures happen. So this will result in lesser scrap. And this is contributing to the reduce. The other part is in manufacturing, we do rework. You have all this data and you get it first time right. You reduces the amount of rework. When you reduce the rework, you actually lessen the, the production time. You don't really spend extra energy to rework those parts. This contribute to sustainability as well. Okay. And on 3D, we have, uh, I mentioned about the 3D where we have uh, replaced the stainless steel parts with the 3D printed parts. We have uh, seen and calculated the savings and we are able to achieve 20 metric tons of CO2 emission reduction. That amount of emission is equivalent to driving around Singapore 4,000 times. <laughs> These are some of the different examples of uh, how advanced manufacturing can contribute to, to uh, sustainability. And I also want to iterate about HP's commitment to sustainability. We have uh, three clear pillars concerning climate action with clear roadmaps. One of them is carbon emission. HP will be carbon neutral HP supplies business by 2030. And this is driven by what we are doing on advanced manufacturing. We are using it to drive us there. On circularity, 75% of our products and packaging will be repurposed and recycled by 2030. And on the forest, we're talking about the paper. We have already eliminated deforestation for HP brand paper. Yeah, and you you have been um, you know blazing trails not just in the green area or three D manufacturing or smart factories. You were part of the um, Singapore Computer Society Women in Tech chapter, and you started the Society of Women Engineers. So, um, what's new? What roles are you advocating now? Yes. Through, through my involvement in the Women in Tech chapter in the Singapore Computer Society and as the president and the co-founder of the SWE, which is a Singapore Women's Engineer Singapore affiliate, I would like to be an advocate for women and help to bring the visibility of uh, women in STEM careers. Can you give us some examples or some of the activities that uh, SWE is doing, for example? SWE is doing? When we set up the SWE Singapore affiliate, one of the key drivers was to uh, address the stereotype or misconception about engineering. The right. engineering jobs are messy, physical, not suited for, not, not suited for, for women. Uh, right. But as you can see, I, I lead the Smart Manufacturing Initiative and uh, we get a chance to work with uh, robotics. We got a chance to analyze the data, build predictive models and we also work on AR, VR, augmented reality, virtual reality. It's not mm. just used in gaming. We use it in... Um, Product design and you use, use it, it for many, many other activities. Yes. Yeah. And especially in this COVID time when there is a restricted movement, AR, VR is very helpful for us to do remote troubleshooting. But okay. why we set up SWE was... Um, let me just explain what is SWE about first. SWE is a global network headquartered in US. It empowers women to succeed and advance in the field of engineering. We have seen studies that show that women drop out of STEM career more than men. This is known as a leaky pipeline. Truthfully, we wanted to change this and attract more women into engineering. We know we needed more role models. We needed a network to challenge and support women engineers in Singapore. And uh, uh, this, is how, this is why we set up a three 
to stem this sticky pipeline by creating a platform where students, engineering professionals can network, engage, be inspired by successful role models of women in, in engineering. They can also pick up useful tips in navigating their career in engineering and push themselves to greater heights. Uh, you've had an interesting career, Jamie, starting out as a wafer fab engineer and then circling through many engineering roles, you know. So for our younger women engineers listening to this podcast, what kind of tips do you have for them if, you know, for an engineering career? Our advice that I'd like to share, the first one is uh, more gender neutral. It's applicable for, one, for anyone to be a T-shaped engineer. That means having a broad knowledge across different fields while having depth in a specific discipline. In any roles in manufacturing, when you have an issue to resolve, you need different disciplines to resolve the issue. Sometimes you are leading the, the issue resolution, sometimes you are supporting. So you need to know enough of the different fields in order to know who to contact, who to connect with to work on a problem. Second advice would be follow your passion. Break the bias that certain jobs are just not suitable for engineers. I always find that passion makes learning easier, leads you to succeed and motivate you further. Third point, leverage and connect with mentors. Whether you are a young engineer starting up in a same career or still in school, there are a lot of mentors, your teachers, your professors, your managers, your friends who are there for you. Many are available to support you. SWE was set up for this as a platform to connect. And lastly, pay it forward. Be an advocate for women and build each other's visibility. I mentioned earlier about the leaky pipeline, where lack of support is one of the key reasons why women are dropping out of STEM career more than men. We need to support one another, we need to be an advocate for another and build each other's visibility. Right. Very inspiring, isn't it, Grace? Yes, very inspiring. Now I want to be an engineer. Well, thank you for your interesting responses, Jamie. We come to the section where we call the rapid fire questions. Will the printer go the way of the cassette tape? No. Okay. Print will continue to be relevant. It does have an emotional connection when we look at something. So print will not go away. What is one document you will not print on a printer? Instruction manuals. <laughs> you use it once. You're done with. <laughs> That's a good answer. I feel so guilty. <laughs> okay. What is the most meaningful 3D print you have generated? It is the first picture that we did, it is a machine part on our machine, but that was our very first inroad into 3D printing, where we were re able to replace nine separate parts with one single print. It performs much better because of the freedom of design. It doesn't result in, uh, uh, it is, it is, there is no choke point, so there is a freedom of design that makes it really efficient use of um, 3D printing. Yeah, that was really awesome when I heard that. Yeah. So, Jamie, if you were in your 20s, going back now, what would you do differently? Pick up, take charge. This is re the reason why 
when I joined the uh, HP 30 years ago in manufacturing, it is still very male dominated. I was the only female engineer in the wafer fab department. And they mistaken me as a admin. Rather than just being embarrassed, I should have uh, speak up and share about my accomplishment as a STEM graduate and contributing a woman, uh, woman contributing in an engineering career. I'm sure you bowl them over, no doubt, Jamie. <laughs> How can women engineers shine in a male-dominated space? Be passionate. You will yeah. make the world more colourful because women make up half the population. Diversity of thoughts will always bring better ideas, good ideas. We should be proud of what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Awesome responses. You've been such a great guest sharing with us your experiences in engineering. It is with guests like you that we have been able to garner 1,000 listeners to our podcast. In oh, I'm very time. excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> So, Thank you. This is, uh, this is Lena So Eng and Grace Cheng signing out from the Curious Podcast, tracking the footsteps of outstanding women in tech and science in Asia. And that was Jamie Neo, who is with HP as Director of Engineering. Uh, and uh, that leaves us to say goodbye. And please do download the podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Eddie Grace, let's say bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry.